Okay, good afternoon. This is Richard Shu. I'm very pleased and honored to have with me as my guest, Professor Joe Grunfest, who's a professor at Stanford Law School. He's also the director of the Rock Center for Corporate Governance. I'm very pleased and thrilled to have you. Joe, welcome. Thank you very much, Richard. Really a pleasure to be here with you. So, Joe, I know you're obviously an expert on corporate governance, but I want to talk to you a little bit about corporate governance and cybersecurity. And let me start by asking you, you know, when did cybersecurity sort of come onto the scene as something that board of directors need to be concerned about? Or, you know, tell me a little bit about how that has kind of evolved. Well, this is a situation where crisis preceded action. Uh, Boards of directors today are generally fairly aware that every board has a cybersecurity issue. Um, And I think boards began to wake up to this problem about four or five years ago uh, with, with, uh, you know, some degree of regularity. Um, We at Stanford had sort of pegged this as an issue seven or eight years ago. We saw what was coming. Uh, We perceived it as being inevitable. And we began teaching cybersecurity issues to members of corporate boards at our director's college program uh, quite a while ago. Um, And I remember the first year or two that we did it, directors basically came up and said, well, gee, why do I need to know this? To which my response was, just you wait. (laughs) You'll see. Now, do you think it's still, I mean, of all the things that boards have to think about, is this at the top of the list? Is it, you know, how important is it? Depends very much on the company. Uh, there's some companies where I think it's entirely appropriate to delegate it down to people in the organization, have them report up to the board. <coughs> Excuse me. There are other corporations where uh, if it's not at the top of the list, I don't know what they're doing. Mm. Um, so, again, uh, the notion of one size fits all doesn't fit for the cybersecurity issue, just like it doesn't fit for many other issues in corporate America. When a corporate board member comes to you and looks for guidance on whether they should know about cybersecurity, how do you help them figure that out? Well, generally, it's a longer conversation. Um, it's, it's impossible to generalize. You'll, you'll want to talk to the director about why have they come to, to me with this question. All right? you know, typically, there'll be a reason why they've come to me, and uh, it'll be anything from Uh, idle intellectual curiosity, which is relatively rare, through to, I think we've got a problem and I'm not sure we're handling it appropriately at my board, which is more common. And if you're in the latter situation, you really need a longer conversation. You need to say, well, all right, what industry are you in? What's the company working like? What's the reporting structure? Who else is on the board? Where in the corporate entity does the cybersecurity expertise really reside? And what is it about the situation that makes you so uncomfortable that you're asking me a question? Hmm. What are some of the minimal things or what are the things that you think a board member should know about cybersecurity? Is there some sort of minimal level of knowledge that you think is important? What would you say to that? Well, the answer is individual directors. You can easily run a board where the vast majority of the board knows absolutely nothing about cybersecurity, but you want to have at least one or two directors who, even if they're not cybersecurity experts themselves, and usually that'll be the case, are at least sufficiently conversant with the issues that they can engage intelligently. And if you have that kind of a, what I call, minimal footprint with regard to cybersecurity, You want to make sure that the board is very competently advised by an outsider that I call a cyber advisor 
and I typically recommend that the cyber advisor not be a corporate employee, not be somebody, not be your, your, your chief information security officer, not be your chief technology officer, but it be an outsider who is extraordinarily knowledgeable about these issues and can share with the board an objective, unvarnished assessment of the company's position with regard to cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. Now, is it really possible for somebody to, if you haven't been in cybersecurity, you haven't worked in cybersecurity, is it, is it is this kind of the kind of thing that it's hard to just sort of, you know, learn on the job? Or what's your feeling about that? I, you know, it's up there with molecular biology. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's it's not something you pick up in an afternoon. Yeah. And and the field is also changing at an extraordinarily rapid pace. The nature of the threats are evolving. Um, the nature of the technologies available to respond to the threats are evolving. Uh, notions of be best practices. Um, you know, uh, lots of the defensive maneuver maneuvers really have to do with uh, um, uh, how you organize your, 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 your operations. Um, you know, all of these are factors that are dynamically changing. And for a large number of boards where you don't really have that level of expertise residing in any individual director, you're going to have to rely on smart outsiders to be good guides for the board. What about the relation between just knowledge of cybersecurity and obviously a data breach? Obviously, you don't have to have a data breach to be interested in cybersecurity, but tell me about that. Well, all right, we, we can now subdivide the information. So, for example, once a problem happens, Right. Once you have a data breach and you become subject to a wide variety of different state and federal laws and you're exposed to litigation on many, many different fronts, that's the kind of corporate governance response that boards have to be ready to engage in themselves. I mean, that, that's standard blocking and tackling. That's crisis management. And instead of an FCPA violation or instead of a blown gas well or what have you, uh, it's, it's a cybersecurity crisis that potentially might involve the leakage of, of PII, of personally identifiable information. Um, boards and companies should go through tabletop exercises where they can practice many of the different issues that are going to come up. Um, and the, the notion of a tabletop exercise as a way for a board to get comfortable with the implications of a breach is extraordinarily helpful. Mm. Uh, there are many situations where boards go through a tabletop exercise and they realize for the first time how terribly severe the consequences of a breach can be and how the after effects can last for many years that they sort of roll up their sleeves and they kind of say, gee, we'd rather never have to encounter that situation in the real world. <laughs> So let's go and look at our cybersecurity defenses and let's see if we're investing enough, if we've got the right people, if we've got the right resources directed against that threat. Hmm. How do you compare cybersecurity with all the other sort of corporate board obligations? Do you, is, it, is it something that by its nature is sort of qualitatively different? Or you know, tell me a little bit about how perhaps it's different from the kind of other obligations that a board member has to think yeah, about. Yeah, I think it's qualitatively different because for perfectly understandable reasons, a large percentage of corporate directors won't understand the microstructure of the attack. Mm. Um, if you have a new product line, it comes out and the customers don't want to buy it, you get that. All right. Uh, if you have an oil well that blows up and you're into deep sea drilling, all right, you get that. 
Um, you know, even if you're in the um, uh, mobile phone manufacturing business and all of a sudden your phones start exploding, right? <laughs> a board of directors gets that. Mm. But when somebody comes in and says, gee, we had an SQL insertion and led to XYZ, I mean, you know, many board directors, m many directors are simply, they're, they're going to sit there with their eyeballs rotating in their heads <laughs> and saying, well, you know, gee, we didn't hash appropriately. What, what the hell does that mean? Mm. And there's a level at which organizations have to figure out how to responsibly run their cybersecurity function without directors who understand the microstructure of these issues. Hmm. Well, you seem pretty facile with some of these terms. How did you learn all this stuff? Is that something you also just picked up, or tell me a little bit about your experience with this? Well, you know, I can be glib. What can I say? <laughs> um, uh, and facile is a good word. Uh, I wouldn't describe myself as a cybersecurity expert at all. Hmm. Um I'm aware of how these issues arise. I'm aware of the problems. I'm aware of the after effects. But, you know, when I sit on a board, I am always looking to, you know, ideally an outside advisor. I, yeah, I think I can ask intelligent questions, but I don't know enough to really get on top of these issues in, in any sort of an intelligent way. But when a cybersecurity advisor starts telling you about stuff, are you able to kind of follow along and understand at least the, yeah, at a I, micro I, yeah, level? Yeah, okay. So, all right. So, sure, I follow it better than many other directors. I get that. But, but I'm not in a position to really make a lot of these decisions without a lot of advice and hand-holding. Mm -hmm. and, and I know that I need help. And in situations where you know you don't know something you intelligently go and you get help. Mm -hmm. So I'm not embarrassed to go and get help if, if, if I've got a cybersecurity issue and, and I don't think I understand everything I need to know about it. And, you know, the dangers, I think, in many situations are where you have boards or individual directors who think they know more than they actually do. Mm -hmm. that, that's really asking for trouble. Now, do you think that in terms of... Um uh, the, in terms of the board members who want to know more about or board members being aware of the situation, do you feel like it's now getting to the point where you know most people are aware of this, or there's still some distance to go as far as you know board members needing to understand this in terms of recognizing the importance of cybersecurity, or do you feel like that has kind of reached that point? Well, I think I think the vast majority of directors know enough to say the right thing for public consumption. All right. Yes, you know, we take cybersecurity seriously. But then you need to scratch beneath the surface and you say, well, all right, what are you actually doing? All right. Uh, who's got the responsibility? Who's got the knowledge? How are your internal organizations structured? Are you getting help from outside people? Are you testing the systems? Uh, what do you do when you find a problem? Uh, how prepared are you when the inevitable happens? Because, look, you know, cybersecurity in a certain sense is like Russian roulette. Hmm. And every company, sooner or later, is going to have some kind of cybersecurity issue. I mean, it's like the law of large numbers. Mean time to failure on a hard drive. Every roof leaks. Mm -hmm. um, how well positioned are you to be able to contain the problem when it happens and to respond appropriately when the problem happens? Because the problem will happen. Mm -hmm. Now, are there like two or three absolute minimal things that a board member should know about cybersecurity in your estimation? Yeah, that if you turn every computer off, your risks are dramatically diminished. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that'll usually work. That'll, that'll usually work. That, 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 that stops the Russians in their tracks. 
turn everything <laughs> off and you're okay. Um, no, because, again, every company is a bit different. And what a director might optimally need to know at a you know at an online retailer could be very different from what a director would need to know at at a defense contractor or a bank um, you know or a gasoline company mm. uh, and and what you really want to do is, uh, is sort of understand the context of the problem now that that said there's some very valuable simple pieces of advice that you can pretty much share with most directors that are very very common no great insight and you know to me it's sometimes surprising how many directors kind of go oh really hmm. oh yeah okay let me let I mean so so for example real simple two factor all right two factor authentication mm-hmm. uh, you know we use it here at Stanford uh, the companies that I work with you know we use it to me it's surprising the number of companies that still don't have two-factor authentication and they say, well, you know, inconvenient, this, this, that, and the other thing. They kind of go, well, you think that's inconvenient? Wait till you have a breach. <laughs> right? Then you'll know what inconvenience really is. Um, so, you know, there, there's that. Then there's the real simple idea that you should ask yourself, does, does all of your information really need to be Internet accessible? Hmm. Um, if you want to make sure that a database can't be corrupted, and if it's really extraordinarily important, and that it can't be exfiltrated, um, then ask yourself, why is this data? Why are these data even accessible over the internet? And if the answer is, well, you know, we want to have our employees able to access it while they're watching the Warriors game on on a Thursday night, so well, what's the trade-off? You've got the convenience of accessing it over the internet and 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 you know from home, versus the probability of a threat to the crown jewels of the organization. Mm. Um, and I think sitting down and taking an inventory of key data, and asking yourself, what would be so terrible? What's the cost and benefit calculus of taking some of that stuff off the internet, and making it accessible only? At the workplace, hmm. through through a hardwired system. Hmm. Um, now that's not going to be a perfect solution. Right? That that's not a panacea, mm-hmm. and it's not going to work for many different types of applications. And the prevalence and the pre- and, and, and the emergence of cloud computing, where there are tremendous efficiencies of taking certain types of data and putting it up in the cloud so that it can be shared. Um, you know, uh, cuts against this advice, and I get that. But when you're dealing with real mission-critical information, um, I think every company should ask itself, why are these data available on the Internet? What would be so terrible if in order to get into this database, you actually had to be in the building at terminals that are wired to access this database? Mm. Now, with all the stuff that's out there about cybersecurity, do you also, is in, in your view, do you also think there's a lot of bad advice running around as well? I think there's inappropriate advice, and I think inappropriate advice is different from bad advice. Mm. And inappropriate advice will have you, for example, spending more money than you need to, uh, spending money on projects that are unnecessary. Um, 
but again, it's very hard to figure out what really is bad advice in an environment where the expertise is so specialized and you often don't have a large number of people at a corporation who can form a consensus as to what the appropriate response might actually be. Hmm. So when a board member wants to, comes to you and asks you if that they want to learn more about cybersecurity, where do you steer them? I mean, how do they get more knowledgeable? Do you send them to the Internet? Do you send them to a class? Do you send them to an in- – I mean, how, where, where do, how, do they, how do they learn more? What, what I typically will do is suggest that they speak with other people who are knowledgeable about these issues. So – and, and, and in some cases, you know, I might send them some reading materials. Uh, just, you know, standard, you know, the NIST guidelines, uh, you know, good articles that have been written about what boards need to know. There are a few of these pieces that are out there. Um, but often a director will get the information that they need most by talking to another person who's been through that issue. Mm. And, and, you know, I'll try to make the arrangements, you know, personally appropriate. Like, you know, I'll know someone, these two people will get along. Yeah, yeah. Right? Or they're from a similar industry. Yeah. Or somebody's had that particular issue and they can help out. Mm-hmm. You, you want to pay attention to the chemistry as well. Makes sense. Now, tell me a little bit about how, in terms of all the topics that you look at from a board governance standpoint, where does cybersecurity sit in terms of how, how much you like the topic? Is it something that's one of your favorites or... Not so much, or how do you compare that with all the other sorts of stuff that you well, it, look it's at? Intelli- to me, it's intellectually fascinating because it raises the question of how does a board govern itself when the board of directors typically has no expertise on an issue that can be extraordinarily important to the organization? You know, and as a matter of formal corporate law, we know that corporations do this all the time, and we know that they're allowed to rely on experts. We know that when corporations do big M&A deals, they'll bring in teams of lawyers, they'll bring in teams of investment bankers, there'll be you know big decks and they get a tremendous amount of advice from these outsiders and they pay them handsomely. Mm. Uh, and in many of these situations, you've got a board of directors where nobody on the board has ever done, has ever sold their company before, mm. right? So it's the first time they're doing it. People on the other side may have been buying companies for the last 20 years. so. So the board has a structure for relying on outside advice. Um, It's basically the same situation here as a technical legal matter. Uh, But as an intellectual matter, it's how do you get the intelligence and judgment that you need into the boardroom on an issue like cybersecurity so that the decision-making process works well? Have you written a lot about this topic? Are you writing a book? Have you written a lot of articles? To this point, I've done more than I've written, mm-hmm. and uh, I actually was supposed to have a phone call today with a former student that I unfortunately had to reschedule. We're, we're writing an article about the cyber advisor solution to the cybersecurity problem, and we have some quantitative findings about the fact that cybersecurity expertise in corporate boardrooms is relatively rare. Hmm. By, by our calculation, fewer than 5 to 6% of directors uh, have a background that makes it credible that they would have any kind of expertise with regard to cybersecurity, and a very large percentage of the Fortune 500 um, have nobody 
on their board of directors, approximately two-thirds. Mm. We'll have no one on the board of directors that has a background suggesting that they're likely to be knowledgeable on cyber issues. Mm. Well, Joe, I really appreciate your taking the time. I've known you for many years, but it's always a pleasure to come and speak with you. Richard, this has been a thrill. Thank you very much, and feel free to come back anytime you like. This is Richard Shu and Joe Grunfest.